John here from Fat Stacks. Today's episode is brought to you by Ezoic, which is a high-tech platform for bloggers and content publishers for monetization, site speed, acceleration, and incredible analytics. Today I want to talk about the different types of blogs. Now I'm not going to talk about the different types of niches. There are literally thousands. This is going to be a little bit different. This is going to be a little bit of a higher level categorization of a type of blog or niche site that you can pursue. And I actually think this is a pretty important consideration before you start any type of website. Generally, you probably have a pretty good idea out of the gates what you want to do, but these are considerations you need to think about. So basically, I categorize the types of blogs by audience and by style or point of view. All right, so there are 11 of them, and I'm going to rip through them and explain each. Let's start with by audience. The first subcategory of by audience would be what I call a B2B or business to business. All right, essentially, you are publishing a site that serves a business owner crowd, all right? So let's say you have a website that is uh, marketing ideas and tips for restaurant owners. Restaurant owners own a business. You're catering to the business owners of restaurants with ideas, SEO, whatever, for that specific niche, okay? So that would be a B2B. We'll contrast that with the second type, which is B2C, or business to consumer. This is definitely the more common type of website, and this would be where it's the, the, the content is geared toward just a general consumer audience. So let's take examples of uh, weight loss or bodybuilding or gardening. These are serving a general consumer population. Now, it could include business owners, but it's you're not talking or communicating to them in a business owner capacity, all right? So those are that's a big distinction. And the reason I come up with this distinction is because I actually own a, a niche site that is specifically geared toward B2B. In fact, I own a couple of them. Fatstacks is arguably a B2B. I would qualify it as B2B. Readers of Fatstacks are either established bloggers, content site owners, or aspiring, and essentially we are business owners, so it's a B2B. I also have niche sites that are strictly B2C, and yes, you can do a hybrid. You can do both. It's it's maybe not as clear on the surface of it, but you can definitely publish a, a large site that would have a component for, let's say, professionals, and then a component for your general consumer population. In fact, it's uh, it's it's a can be a very good approach if you can make it work in your particular niche. Because uh, I love the B2B. Uh, uh, types of websites because your business crowd, that's a very lucrative crowd. They're, they're prepared to spend money. Affiliate promotions can be very effective. You can sell your own things if you like, like a fat sex, I sell courses. And so it can be very effective that way. You don't have to rely ne- necessarily on display ads, also, although you can as well. So, but the one downside with the B2B is generally your audience is going to be smaller in numbers. I mean, there are fewer restaurant owners, and then there are people who are into gardening, right? That's the reason. So that's that's the trade-off. Now, let's talk about a different way to categorize this under audience, and that would be a common interest. Okay, you're 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 blogging and putting out content for people who have a shared or common interest. A, a very common 
type of blog with a common interest audience would be a hobby blog, right? Let's say you're into knitting, you blog about knitting, you do videos about knitting, your audience is are knitters, and everybody has the common interest of knitting, and they want to learn how to knit, want to get ideas, and so forth. So that's, that's pretty straightforward, right? The other option would be a common problem, all right? This is a different different type altogether, right? It's, it's, it's people who have a problem that they want solved. The purpose of your website is to offer solutions. It can also offer inspiration. It can also, you know, it doesn't have to be strictly geared toward solving the problem. It can become a community where people are also supportive as well. But at the end of the day, the monetization aspect for a common problem type of blog would be the solution to the problem. Now, with the common interest type of website, what's interesting about that is, especially in the hobby or the sports realm, is you can build up an audience that's going to be loyal over time, right? Usually, if they are interested in knitting, and especially if they've, you know, done it for a little while, it probably become a lifetime pursuit, which means as long as you're continually putting out good content for knitters, uh, they're going to come back. And so you're going to get this repeat loyal audience, which is, that is a fantastic outcome for any website is when you can build up a loyal audience of returning visitors. That's great, right? Contrast that with the common problem type niche. Now, this can be ongoing as well, right? Think waitlist or bodybuilding. Uh, Bodybuilding would probably be one of those hybrid, kind of falls into common interest, but there's also problem solving angles to that as well. If you sort of look at it from from a fat loss type of perspective. But let's talk weight loss, right? Strictly really a, a, a problem-solving niche, okay? So once the problem is solved, they're probably less inclined to continue being a reader. But with certain problems, it takes a long time to actually solve the problem, right? You're not going to lose 50 pounds in a week. It's going to take a year, two, maybe three years, right? So uh, that can be an ongoing loyal audience, but not in the same vein as a common interest. Now, moving on, let's talk about global versus local. This isn't a huge distinction to really discuss, but at the end of the day, most websites, especially people who are doing the niche publishing type thing, are going to strive for a global audience in that they're not targeting specific locations, right? A, a, a group of people in a particular location or region. I don't have any locally oriented websites. However, I wouldn't completely dismiss the local angle, right? Like if you're a small business owner with a brick and mortar business and you're blogging primarily to attract more business within the region, you're going to frame and angle the blog to people in that region. Another option would be if you are looking to build up sort of a a news type website, a, a good way to get a foothold would be to start with a regional oriented news site, right? And that can be very good as well. In fact, there are local news sites that maybe cater to a, to a city like Seattle or even the city I live in, Vancouver, where they get literally millions and millions of monthly page views. I met a publisher who owns a local news site in Vancouver, and it, it just focuses on news and information about Vancouver. And I think he told me he gets something like 16 million page views. So local websites can be very, very good. I wouldn't dismiss them. Now, if you live in a town of 1,000 people, you might want to think of a little bit broader unless you're doing it just for fun and you want to help the community out. 
So those are your basic distinctions or types based on audience. Now let's switch gears to by style, all right, or point of view. This is also something you need to think about when you launch, okay? And I'll step you through it so you get an understanding of what I'm talking about, okay? So the first type of style would be the purely personal blog or website. I think in the early days of blogging, a lot of blogs were this style. And it's basically, it's a blog that would, the domain would be your name, and you are the principal blogger, all the content is yours, it's your opinions, it's your tutorials, whatever it is you're doing, and it's very personal, and it's relatable, and it's great for building a loyal audience, and it can really fall into any type of niche. Um, a, a good example would be RuthSukop.com. Uh, she, you know, the, the domain is her name, the content is her, everything about it is her, okay? And it's a huge site. We're talking, I mean, I mean Ruth Sukop is, is, a, is an enterprise, and yet it's purely personal. The other type by style would be called what I call, I'm coining these terms, by the way, all right, for just, I, for lack of any other way to come up with certain names, got to distinguish them somehow. Let's talk about the professional, personal, all right? Now, Fat Sacks blog would fall under this, okay? So, uh, Fat Sacks blog, the content is personal in that I write the lion's share of it. The podcasts are me, the videos are me, the emails are me. It's me, right? But the domain is a corporate domain. It's it's not my name. It's just fatsocksblog.com. So it's, you know, for all intents and purposes, it's really the same as the purely personal, except really for the domain. I, I, I tend to not want to use my name for a domain. The, the reason for that is, and I don't know for sure, I, I don't know if it would be harder to sell a, a website or an enterprise with the, with the one's name as the domain. I'm not sure about that. I've never done it, so I'm merely speculating. But I suspect selling a personal-type blog, such as FatSacks, where every, most of it is all me, uh, is slightly easier to sell just because it has uh, a domain different than my name. Now let's talk about the personal corporate. This would be a, a flip on that, and that is where the domain is someone's name and they started it out and probably started as a personal blog, and then it expanded into this massive enterprise where really the content is being cranked out by other people and hired people, in-house writers and so forth, but it's still revolves around this person, this personality. They almost become like an icon or representative of this entire enterprise. And a really good example of that would be DaveRamsey.com. That's uh, S-E-Y.com. He's in the personal finance space. He's he's enormous. I mean, he's got, I, I believe he's got a, a radio show or a talk show and the website's massive. He's got lots of programs. Huge thing. I mean, it, it is a full enterprise. I think I saw on his site something like a, over $100 million in revenue. I mean, this this is a full-scale business. He does not produce all the content. He produces very little. Of course, he does the radio show, but all the articles, of which there's tons, and, and, and this, this site ranks for all sorts of great stuff. Really, really, really impressive operation. Uh, so that would be what I would call the personal corporate. It started out DaveRamsey.com. You probably did some of the content and all that, built it up, and now he's hired a lot of people to basically run it. And then we move into the corporate. Okay, the corporate blog is basically uh, a blog that doesn't have a personality behind it. It's more just 
a, a group of in-house writers or outsourced writers, and it doesn't have a, a personal domain name. It's essentially corporate. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean uh, that it has to be owned by a big corporation. Now, big corporations do have corporate-style blogs. They attach blogs to their websites. They're doing SEO uh, you know, as, as much as they can. They recognize the value of it. But a corporate means more in the sense that th- there is no singular voice or personality really behind it. It's just hired people producing information relevant to the niche and to the audience. An example would be Forbes.com or TheRichest.com. I mean... You know, great sites. I go to them. I like them. I don't really, you know, there's no personality behind it. I'm not following anyone in particular. It's just they have columnists and writers, and I go there because the information is generally pretty good. Riches is kind of a fun listicle site. And then there's the user-generated type of site, all right? Think forums. Think sites like Reddit, Quora, any forum, really. Uh, these are sites where really the community comes together and the community is producing the content uh, via, they may be able to just hit a button and it goes live or the community submits articles. Uh, Medium would be another good example. There's a little bit more vetting involved there, uh, whereas Reddit and I think Quora, you can just essentially, once you're approved, your stuff goes live. Uh, these are user-generated. These these can be great websites. I'm a big fan of Reddit. I'm a big fan of Quora. Or I go to these sites weekly at a minimum. I love forums, uh, good ones within particular spaces. So user-generated can be great. and we, They can grow to be very, very popular. You're going to build a loyal readership, which is a huge benefit. Uh, they're, not, they're not so easy to monetize, though. Generally, you're kind of stuck with ads. Uh, from my understanding, I don't own a, a huge user-generated site. I have a fat stacks forum, but I don't put ads on there. But from what I've heard from other publishers is that even a high-traffic forum is pretty difficult to monetize. The display ad revenue is fairly low per thousand page views. But I will say this about forums. You get page views, I mean, like bang, 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 right? A visitor comes, they're going to check out maybe four or five threads, and they're going to you know just be banging out lots of page views. So in that respect, you get a lot. It seems like an inflated number of page views, so your actual revenue is going to be low on a page view basis. Um, They're fun fun to run. I mean, I run run for fat stacks, and I do that just because uh, I enjoy being part of a forum, and I might as well start one for myself, and and it's it's been great. It's been a lot of fun. I don't use a forum for any of my niche sites. I've been tempted, but I, you know, the fat stacks forum is private, right? So that, uh, that that helps with the whole moderation thing. And I worry if I did a forum with a, a large niche site and it was more public and anyone could join, I'm going to get really bogged down into a lot of lousy moderation work and spam and all that, and I really don't want to deal with that. I get enough spam co- contact form fill-outs from my niche sites daily that uh, you know I don't need to deal with more of that. So I'm going to, I'm going to wrap up here. There, there are other ways to distinguish types of blogs, right? There's, there's, you, you can look at a type of blog based on a monetization strategy, right? Like maybe email newsletter slash affiliate marketing or display ads or e-commerce or, you know, it's like you could say to someone, yeah, I own an e-commerce site. You're essentially saying the type of site I own is an e-commerce website, right? I didn't go into that in uh, this particular article there because there are many, many ways to monetize a website. I actually did a separate podcast on that. I have a, a article 
called 47 Ways to Monetize a Website at FatSexBlog.com. So that, that lists that out. I'm not going to dive into that here. And the other way, of course, is, is by niche, right? A lot of people, when they think about, well, what type, of, what type of website should I publish? Really what they're asking is, what niche should I go into? And that would probably be the more pertinent type of question that people are asking. Although the way I've distinguished the different types in this particular podcast Perhaps most people don't actually consider this all that often, but I do think they're worth considering. In terms of type of niches, there are literally thousands of niches. I mean, you can get extremely hyper-focused. You can go broad into larger sectors and everywhere in between. I do have a niche ideas uh, uh, article where I list out dozens of niches. I give my opinion on them. Uh, You can check that out at fatsexblog.com. So that's a wrap on uh, different types of blogs. Really, it boils down to audience type, which I think is an important consideration. I actually consider that. And, of course, the by style, how are you going to structure it? Are you going to be a purely personal? Are you going to go more of a professional, personal, personal, corporate, corporate, so on and so forth? Thanks for listening.